But anyways, anyways, I'm like rambling, rambling, because because that's what I do. How are you? We haven't spoken so long. I'm stressed out, man. How come? I've got I've had like uh, you know, like this last month has been like four weddings and a funeral. Mm -hmm. Except it's actually been like three weddings and two funerals. So it's like I've had like no time. Everything okay? I mean, I mean, I hate both. I hate people dying, and I hate people celebrating a life together. So, um, I would rather people just stay alive and miserable, separate from <laughs> each other. You are listening to Original Remake. This is a podcast where we discuss and compare original film and its remake. Or sometimes films with similar concepts, because just like Hollywood, we are that unoriginal. So this being a movie podcast, uh, yeah, let's get to it. He says, it's like, I, there's only so many stories, and I'm more interested in, in how something is told rather than, you know, what it is. So I, I, I agree with you guys. So I shouldn't be too hard on myself about about not having an original idea. There's no, there's not that many of them left. Well, no, we yeah. got a uh, tweet today for this, what we're going to record, original remake. Um, mm-hmm. And it was... You know, Wait, I'm on original remake? Yeah. Hey, you're in the, oh, the you're back in the minor leagues. <laughs> wow, I've been demoted. Son of a bitch! I, was like, I thought I was the only one. This. <laughs> oh. no, that's okay. I mean, what you, you think? Just... You're you're back in the majors after your sabbatical. You're going to be on War Machine versus War Horse. Oh no, <laughs> you're going to have to take a few practice cuts there. Damn it. <laughs> But anyway, we, we had a tweet from someone that uh, you know quoted our our last episode. They were and they liked it, and they were like, "You know, this is a great idea for a podcast." I'm like, "Well, there's like 20 of them that do the, the same thing, <laughs> but I think we have the best title. It's the most on the nose as far as we will be talking about this and this, um, yeah. And we have the handle for it. So I mean, that you know, it doesn't matter. You just you know, there, everyone's in the podcast world. If we were going to let you know someone do the new release show, whoever was first then that would suck because that would remove a lot of great voices. And uh, even our usual friend Dave over at Pop Culture Case Study, there are other, you know, psychology shows that uh, talk about, you know, art and entertainment. But he's, you know, he's got his little bit there. You know what's funny is that you said our friend Dave from Pop Culture Case Study as if I didn't know which Dave you mentioned you were talking about. (laughs) I'm talking to the listeners now. If I use any of this. Oh, okay. Oh, God. That's the professional, man. That's right there. And no, you're this absolutely This is why you're right. on original remake and not War Machine vs. Wars. <laughs> what are we doing? Why am I wearing headphones? Yeah, yeah, I know, right? I shouldn't even. I should just use this, you know, computer mic. Not even this, like, uh, what is it? Blue snowball. <laughs> Didn't even. No, that's funny. I <laughs> took me down a peg. Damn. <laughs> no, I'm I'm very happy to be just recording. Like that itch doesn't go away, man. It it doesn't. Um, really? Because well, again, for like, me, I could let you take over War Machine versus War Horse for a month if you want. <laughs> oh my god! All it's going to be is me reading obscure books, <laughs> mispronouncing Japanese locations and names. <laughs> like, I think it'll be worth it just to. If we, you know, your microphone is set up enough where you have your like a stack of papers, you know, if we still <laughs> operate in a world where I would send you actual like papers to look and I'd be like, Web, here's <laughs> yeah. the format. And then you're like, what did Mike want me to talk about again? Oh, there's three movies here. I don't want to oh, talk about God. that. How do I work in wrestling to this? How do I bring <laughs> that into this triple feature? <laughs> pretty much. Pretty much. It, it, here's the thing. Like I, I have, 
you know, I've only really been in this specific community for like a, for a year, but I've been recording since like, you know, college and it's been almost 10 years. And, um, what if you had stuck just, with it though, you would be one of those first assholes that would have easily, you know, five to 10,000, probably 10,000 subscribers, oh just God. as hard work you said. But here's the thing, though. Like my first show was literally uh, um, a ripoff of Smodcast. It was called Broadcast because B, I'm pissed, and my buddy was rushing, so we're just like, let's just do what they did. It's like, okay, like no originality, and that we literally like just... the game plan right now for every podcaster. <laughs> <laughs> What's Smith doing? All right, we, we'll do that. We literally talked about people from our high school. Like that guy was a dick. I was like, yeah, he was, and and um. And one of my friends who was a uh, law degree, he was, she was getting her law degree, and she was like, I think it's slander. I was like, why? What's slander? You know, we looked into it like, oh, it might be. We just kept recording. That's, um, that's it, what you would have to worry about if you ever did succeed in podcasting. You would not right? have that freedom. <laughs> maybe, maybe that's that's why. I purposely, I purposely uh, uh, make sure – that my show is not going to succeed so I can do whatever I want. And I mean, I've used quite a bit of copyrighted material on, you know, on it's terrific and nobody seemed to mind. iTunes certainly didn't. Um, and by copyrighted material, I just simply mean songs, which, mean? uh, and that's part of and Apple's songs. business, uh, protocol, right? They just, uh, they use everyone else's copyright material and they're like, Hey, you ask yeah. in our store. Uh, here's a penny. <laughs> <laughs> we'll take 15. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Recording music's hard, but you know what it's at, what it's like to upload this shit. <laughs> yeah, that's that's Apple. Hey, uh, you know, if um, I do use any of this, uh, do you want to let people know who you are? What podcast are we talking about? What about oh. your history? Uh, my name is Web Bist, and and I used to uh, I used to be a big shot. I used to be one of uh, one of the uh, creme de la creme of uh, this little community is this podcasting game um i worked on a podcast called it's terrific and uh it let's, certainly was let's go back uh worked uh, that's that seems a little excessive as far as <laughs> <laughs> yes i came out with an episode like once a month but it, it, each episode took me quite a, quite a bit of uh, time and, and gusto to put together um I, I was uh, welcomed with open arms to people like Mike and, and Dave and and who now uh, <laughs> Yeah, pretty much. All I get is bullied, <laughs> and like I'll be having like a good day. I'll find like an interesting thing online. I'll send it to you guys, and you'll be like, "Fuck you!" I'll be like, "Oh god!" And I'll have like a crappy day, and I'll go out to Popeyes and like destroy my body for the next half I actually hour. Had to stop myself because. Uh, you sent us a uh, – we were in a group uh, chat, group text thread together, and you sent us uh, very proudly your sort of Deadpool night that you had set up. And you actually yeah! had the chimichangas and you, know, you had your movie on and you, you, you had it perfectly framed as far as like a little I, picture to send us. I did. Uh, but I was not going to compliment you on that. I was going to be like, you oh. idiot. How dare you like enjoy yeah! Deadpool again? <laughs> I – you know, I – <laughs> Boy, there is some real hatred for Deadpool, like uh, um, among a certain kind of, uh, uh, I think, film fan. Um, like uh, I th- David Shree from from uh, audiences everywhere. He was talking about it um, somewhere on, I think, a Letterbox or Twitter, and it was he was like, "I haven't hated a film this much since whatever." <laughs> I was like, "Holy shit, it wasn't that bad." Like I admit, it wasn't anything original, but 
It was Ryan. I've I've had a crush on Ryan Reynolds since Two Guys, a Girl, in the Pizza Place. If anybody has fucking seen that show, it, ha- it it's on DVD in the UK, but not in the states where it originated and failed. I can't believe it. Uh, it's a gr- it was a great show, and then Nathan Fillion was on it. He was great in it too. Um, Is that like the accusation that? foreign films get more critical praise here because they're foreign is that the same for failed american sitcoms that <laughs> make their way over there <laughs> yeah it might be so anything rob schneider has done on tv over there is brilliant let's give him a little bit Did you ever, let's start start an international bob? incident with uh, rob schneider being heralded in other countries <laughs> <laughs> yeah. did you see did you see any of the stuff that he's been in the past, like, like the, he did a sitcom for CBS called Rob. It was on CBS and it failed. Like, CBS doesn't cancel anything. Um, well, unless it's popular. Like, I'm sure. So that was the Oh, problem. that's true. No, it was, it was Rob Schneider and, and I think Cheech from Cheech and Chong. As if there's another Cheech from another, like, trope than, than that. Yeah, it's CBS, um, yeah, it. They can afford the actual Cheech, not some sort of knockoff. <laughs> It's, it's not a great. UPN production if they're still around. <laughs> Whatever, the CW. <laughs> you know, I used to sit my butt down every Tuesday night on UPN and watch Moesha and the Parkers. Like, that was my jam. I knew Ray J before the sex tape. You I know? Like I, I, uh-huh. I actually want to use a lot of it, of this conversation. And I think that's the perfect transition to Alfred Hitchcock's Rear Window. You clearly oh. are the man to talk about the master of the form. <laughs> bragging about your nuts <laughs> appointment television with Moesha <laughs> I watched Monique before she was an Oscar nominated actor did she win it? did she, she won. win that thing? yeah she won she awesome. gave a pretty good speech about how she didn't kiss any ass yeah alright right on good for her good for her she was pretty good in the Parkers I liked it she had another anyways yeah let's talk about let's talk about um this 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 duo of movies. Ooh, I can't believe you made me watch Disturbia. <laughs> Holy in cow. In fairness, I, and I told you this, I had not seen it either. I was just like, you know, okay, I was just yeah. aware of it. And the reason this is a, Disturbia is a 2007 film. It's 2016. Mm-hmm. Neither one of us, we watched a lot of movies, had seen it. Very reason I hadn't. I was like, oh, that's rear window for dumb <laughs> young people. But, and so I was like, I don't need it. I can just go if I want that yeah. premise. But, you know, there are other ones we could have talked about. Um, you know, De Palma, uh, I think, had a little bit more adult-oriented one. <laughs> with, uh, yeah, I mean, double. I wouldn't have enjoyed. I, I'm I'm one of the. I, I couldn't think, read that few sound few... you were making. <laughs> oh, it, it was it was it was kind of like a constipated groan. Like that's how I feel Is about that De Palma. Pleasure or disgust or both? <laughs> no, 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 no. There's nothing. Very few things about poo is, you know, pleasurable. It depends on our <laughs> audience for original remake. I don't know. That's true. That's true. De Palma is somebody who, I, like, I sometimes I love the stuff that he puts out and sometimes I hate it. Uh, and then he is the master of copying someone else's work and just kind of doing it in his own sleazy way. Um, and, 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 yeah, I, I'll, I'll give him some. I, I once insulted him you know on twitter sometimes you just play an exaggerated version of yourself so i was like de palma is the devil himself anyways and some de palma fanatic got on me for like the next two days i was like stop (laughs) replying to me (laughs) oh i wish i could go look that up (laughs) if you gave him a chance i was like i don't care (laughs) i'm a big fan of uh of uh 
blowout. So I'll uh, I'll grant that blowout. Carrie, I also like Carrie quite a bit. Yeah, Carrie was great. Um, blowout, I didn't watch because I'm a, I like blow up the Antonioni version, and so it was like I treated it very much like Disturbia, where it's like, well, that's just a different version of that. I don't need it in my life. Um, that was like a preview for a future episode of this very podcast. Gosh, I make you watch Blowout. You're there gonna you fucking go. enjoy it. You're gonna make groans of pleasure when you see Travolta's hair. <laughs> I'm like, poo can be good. <laughs> <laughs> All right, before we get to rear window, then let's yeah. just get, get the get the hate out of the way. Disturbing. Neither okay. one of us were excited about it. We waited this long uh, to produce a very topical podcast on Disturbing. <laughs> <laughs> All the Shia LaBeouf fans are going to come out of the woodwork. You said you spent like a dollar on it after I finished watching it. Well, like 15 minutes and I was like, man, you could have had a McChicken. That would have been great. Well, I, I, you know, the only reason I spent a buck on it uh, was, is it worth it for me to, you know, rent this, go to the library, pick it up, <laughs> however, whatever yeah. legal means to acquire it? Because at what point do you decide I'm not an asshole and I will pay for entertainment? <laughs> Because a dollar for me is even better than finding a torrent for it, downloading oh, it, and yeah. transferring it. Uh, yes. Stupidly, I told you, I was like, hey, it's got a commentary track. Maybe I'll listen to that. And then it was one of those, I looked, like, when I loaded up on the DVD player, I was actually going to give it a shot. Uh, so I didn't, but I, yeah. I fully thought, okay, I will, until I saw director and cast. And I hate those tracks. I hate when the cast is involved. I just usually want to hear the director and writer, yeah. maybe a producer. Uh, so I didn't listen to it. Or like a film historian. Sometimes a lot of the like film noir <laughs> stuff that I have, like people who actually like studied the craft, sure, but like, they are doing a really I'm good job. I'm pretty damn skippy. That will never happen for a future video or digital release of Disturbia <laughs> film historian. <laughs> <laughs> actually, this podcast, that's going to be on that track. That's going to be two <laughs> film historians talking about, you know, poo fetish. <laughs> <laughs> Something worthy of Disturbia. Yeah. Yeah, well, my uh, good friend of mine, Matthew Barbie, who uh, produced some of uh, the the original music um, for for it's terrific. Um, we were joking one time, and he said, "I think I came up with the best tagline for Disturbia." And this was back when like, it had just come out, and we were both making fun of it. I was like, "What is it?" And he goes, "Disturbia, it'll disturbia." God. <laughs> and we cracked up for the next like ten minutes because you know, we get enough of it. Actually, I like those kind of cheesy taglines, especially when they're on like box art. That's great. Yeah. Um, maybe a little low rent for like the theatrical poster, <laughs> <laughs> but for VHS tapes, they were like they work great. I don't know if we're yes. on that now. Uh, I actually wasn't aware that in the film you're going to have our main character, uh, Mister Labeef here, mm-hmm. uh, say that to the girl he has a crush on, like whispering in her ear, like you know, just another night in Disturbia. And I was like, <laughs> wow. <laughs> I wish the film had actually taken on that tone because I, I it, it had me excited for a second that they were going to go somewhere mm. that they don't because uh, a lot of these sort of modern thrillers, unlike something like De Palma's uh, stuff, uh, seems to be afraid of you know riffing or being too cheesy or like you know they want to take themselves a little bit too seriously. Yeah, and this is a film that opens with uh, shy fishing, which is ridiculous for one that just doesn't make any sense <laughs> no. with his old man. And then a uh, a car accident that doesn't make a lot of logistical sense. How mm-hmm. or why it happens? Like we have multiple cars. Like we have one that just cuts him off. Yeah. And then for some reason we have a car stopped in the middle of the road, and mm-hmm. that car ahead, the the one that cut shy off, 
doesn't break at all, sees yeah. it, and then just decides to play a little trick on this yeah. father and son fishing crew. <laughs> well, I mean, and you know, later on in the film, his mom is like, oh, he blames himself for the accident. I'm like, he should. He was falling too close to that car. <laughs> yeah, and I, I, I wondered, like, I was watching it, and I was thinking, did they, like, try to massage this in editing? Like, was mm-hmm. the kid, like, was he actually angry? Were they, like, sort of chasing this truck that cut them off? And they were like, no, no, that puts too much blame on him. We can't have our hero, you know, maybe getting his dad killed. Regardless, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense because they they hit this car, they flip over, they're fine. I mean, probably a little bit injured, worse for wear. They're both alive. And it's like, dad, look beside you. Another truck is not acknowledging a wreck in the road. (laughs) It was like, you know, Mad Max Fury Road is like it was just mass carnage in this one area. And and once it happened, and then we go to I, I, one year later, and he's you know not paying attention in Spanish class, and his Spanish was like actively provoking a kid whose father. What you would know, your dead dad think about your yeah. lack of ability to speak Spanish? You son the of dad a bitch! That you killed. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much like that's what he. Had. I was like, what was the point of having that first segment? Anyways, you could have started the movie with, you know, emo LaBeouf. He ultimately, like, you're, I guess you're trying to show that, oh, he's a happy kid and you're trying to like him. And, and I don't know. It didn't work. I think work. it works better um, because in Rear Window, they, 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 they put some of Jimmy Stewart's flaws out there. Like, basically, mm-hmm. his lack of commitment. So that's it. You won't stay here and I can't go with you. It would be the wrong thing. You don't think either one of us could ever change? Right now, it doesn't seem so. I'm in love with you. I don't care what you do for a living. I'd just like to be part of it somehow. It's deflating to find out the only way I can be part of it is to take out a subscription to your magazine. I guess I'm not the girl I thought I was. Now, there's nothing wrong with you, Lisa. You've got this town on the palm of your hand. Not quite, it seems. Goodbye, Jeff. Well, you mean good night. I mean what I said. Well, well, Lisa, couldn't we just, uh, couldn't we just keep things status quo? Without any future. Well, when am I going to see you again? Not for a long time. At least, not until tomorrow night. I mean, that, that's a film about marriage. I mean, it hits you yes. in the head. That's what yeah. the whole thing, anytime he looks at someone throughout the window, he's judging them based on their relationship status and how that yeah. reflects on him. This this film here, they really could have had something if it's about a kid that cares about nothing, who for whatever fucking reason starts to really care about the neighbor next door. Like he yeah. he's never really he's never committed to anything, to any sort of purpose or goal. And so he commits to being a peeping Tom, which <laughs> is not a big stretch for a teenage boy. Like no. to, you know, he could have just been looking at the the hot girl next door and someone I thought the whole dead dad thing was uh way too much. Like mm-hmm. it, it immediately made this film not fun that we're trying to no. still recover from that like a grieving morbid teenager who like hates his mom and that's the thing about these two films rear window is about something this movie is not about anything it's just 
stuff that happens. And, and, you know, granted, you can have movies like that. Like, I can sit down and watch Zoolander over again and I still have a good time. But ultimately, like, there's no character arc for the, per, you know, for, for, for Shia. Um, I mean, you're right. The, the whole Peeping Tom stuff, it's, it's grotesque. Like, the way that he's doing it, um, where he's, like, talking to himself and, and, and it, like, you're trying to set up the fact that, like, you might like this guy from the beginning, but as the movie progresses, there's nothing to really latch on to him to be like, you want him to succeed. Ultimately, even though you see a lot of L.B. Jeffrey's flaws in Rear Window, you still want him to succeed. And then I began to wonder, how much is of, of the real world is seeping into these films? We know Jimmy Stewart and, and the kind of person that he was, aw, shucks, demeanor, and he's great. And we know what kind of an asshole Shia LaBeouf is. And so how but was much... that true in 2007? Ex- precisely. So we're watching it uh, um, after all the, uh, you know, he was uh, um, copying Daniel Klaus's work and stuff. So we, this is like, we're taking a completely different perspective on it. I wonder if I had watched it back when uh, like even Steven or whatever the hell his show was called, like back when, you know, he was really popular and the second coming, I guess, or whatever uh, at one point. I wonder if we would have reacted differently. We would have cheered for him despite the fact – because I, I got to say or, or have to believe that they were the filmmakers and producer were using his charm off you know, for, uh, as an individual to uh, propel the character. But it just didn't work in 2016. There, there is something to that because I remember watching – I think it's the second season of Project Greenlight that he was in. And I was like, that kid is going to be a movie star of some sort. Yeah. I was like, in this failed project that they're documenting – I was like, he's got something. Like, he'll yeah. go on and he'll succeed in some way. And, yeah, pretty quickly, I think 2007, he also got the Transformers gig. So, mm-hmm. um, was when was Indiana Jones? Was it the following summer? Like, the... I, it may have been. Like, just, <laughs> God, well, that's a couple summers of... I know we complain a lot about superhero stuff, but at least they're all average (laughs) actually i would say that his rise and fall happened within that year because it's like kingdom of the crystal skull was like fuck Mm -hmm. fuck shia labeef yeah (laughs) yeah he he uh, they needed a scapegoat and 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 harrison ford and steven spielberg and lucas they dodged right out of the way it was like yeah this fucking sacrifice that kid's career sure (laughs) he's gonna have to do little art experiments on the internet (laughs) 10 years from now um yeah i I certainly think there's there's something to that I, i wonder you know, for me, uh, placing myself back into 1954, if I can, uh, if Jimmy Stewart was playing more unlikable than yeah. what he appears to us now, was he more, a more unlikable character? Because a lot of the stuff that he's doing um, is nothing to, like, shake your, your head at. Like, there's a sequence where, you know, Grace Kelly's staying over, and his <laughs> detective buddy, like, makes a point to be like, what are you kids up to? Like, yeah, this is yeah. unseemly. Careful now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And and like we mentioned, you know, uh, you know, the two of us, we're, 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 I feel like sometimes we're low-level guys. We don't get paid to watch classics like Vertigo. But in a film like that, when we talked about it with, with Dave, uh, he, we were all talking about how Jimmy is kind of playing against typecat mm-hmm. and he's playing somebody who's fairly despicable. And I think that was a great example of us still, even in that moment, even though he's doing those terrible things, you're still cheering for him because there's a great amount of a tragedy in that character that's properly set up over the course of, you know, an hour and a half. And that final act just is riveting here. There's 
there's nothing to me. Like, as much as I can sympathize with somebody who's lost a parent, that wasn't enough. Like, you didn't see the grieving process, whereas in uh, uh, something like Vertigo, you did. Um, what about the pacing of, uh, or I guess the timing and how they uh, relay information to you? Because I felt like it was, it's far more, of course, obviously comparing DJ uh, Crusoe to Alfred Hitchcock. Hitchcock, it's, it's far more natural as far as they're very comfortable, yeah. uh, first off, not ever leaving that room. The accident's already happened. And so yep. he's just in the wheelchair. And so you kind of ease into it that you only have his point of view from that particular point in his life, yeah. not his previous life where you know, he couldn't pay, play uh, Xbox Live and you know Jimmy Stewart's, uh, I guess, nurse comes in and cuts the cable cord and <laughs> takes away his <laughs> iTunes account or something. <laughs> right. I thought that was the, the strangest thing, and it felt like product placement, which I think you know we did a little bit of at the top of the show talking about iTunes and Apple. <laughs> uh, but I thought that was a strange punishment that I'm not going to allow you to buy more music. It's like, do you, you still have your old stuff, right? Like we, you, He didn't come into this uh, house arrest completely tap for music and video right <laughs> it's like that's that's all you can do inside like a house <laughs> oh gosh and you know it, and it's not just pacing it's also you're right the way that the information is revealed to you like it's shown to you it's like kind of you're hit over the head and there whereas in rear window you're being told uh, um the the background the backstory for lb jeffrey's as as uh, Hitchcock pans around the room and shows the broken camera and the f- uh, the film uh, the the photograph that he risked his like life for and he's in this predicament because of you're given that information um, even the photo negative of Grace Kelly oh she's beautiful even her negatives uh, that's um, the biggest and, and- issue with uh, old Jimmy Stewart's character here as he's. <laughs> He's kicking the tires on whether or not to commit to a life with Grace Kelly. That's the hardest thing to sell me on. <laughs> I completely agree. Like, she's too perfect. I was like, ah, God, Jimmy, I know what you mean, buddy. All this poon that I have to bet. You know, I'm not comparing Grace Kelly to poon. But, yeah, you know, I completely, completely agree. Um, you said something about us being low-level guys. So there it is. <laughs> right? <laughs> of the earth whereas in disturbia it's uh, it literally is poon to him and his like asian buddy like i can't remember his name i feel bad aaron i think i don't know um he's got but, spiky hair that's all i <laughs> yeah he, he looks like he walked off the set of tokyo drift really um <laughs> no i didn't little, know i would racist sexist yeah. we're, we're all those things yeah i i want to actually compliment the sexism of disturbia because oh, yeah? uh i felt like that was the moment where they were completely honest from a teenage boy's point of view that That's the camera true. is just right on her ass oh, and it's yeah. just begging yeah. for any amount of flesh, actually any movement. Like mm-hmm. it's somewhat, I mean, it's creepy. Don't get me wrong, but it's also kind of harkening back to, you know, a more innocent time where it's like, it's just a girl. <laughs> Look at her hair. Look how pretty her hair, like anything this girl does, the way they shoot her. Yeah. Uh, I was applauding and dare I say it was close to De Palma esque there. So I appreciate it. <laughs> You know, okay, so oh gosh, this is this is a tricky subject to approach, but I'll go ahead and do it. I didn't find the main uh, uh, actress. I don't know her name or if she's been in anything else, but I didn't find her all that attractive. I think she was like generic. If I could cut your mic, like- I would. <laughs> <laughs> 
I'll tell you how she passed the 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 attractive okay. scale for me as yeah. I reached for my phone and was like, I'm going to IMDb now. Who uh-huh. is this lady and what did she do afterwards? Okay. <laughs> like so for me I was I yeah, I found her very striking. Um uh, until she, you know, spoke, I guess, which is not really none of the people who are given great parts. Um yeah. but I didn't feel like you know, going back to the classic, you know, I, I felt no chemistry between these two kids uh, when they're really trying for it. They're actually trying for a very similar sort of pattern between like Jimmy Stewart and Grace Kelly have. Yeah. What are you doing? What are, what are you doing? I'm trying to enjoy my party. Oh, really? Okay. Oh, no, wait. Um, that's wrong. According to you, I'm trying to conform. Well, you could have fooled me. What does that mean? Well, I'm saying if you're trying to enjoy your party, enjoy your party. Don't keep looking up at me trying to get a rise out of me. It's unnecessary. So you are watching me. But for how long? Just tonight? A week? Two weeks since I moved in? What have you been keeping tabs on, Kale? Huh? What else have you seen? So I see. Yeah, what else? No. I've seen a lot. I mean, not like that. I, not. I mean, for instance, I've seen that you're. Maybe one of, I don't know, three people in the world that likes pizza-flavored chips. You're also the only person I've ever seen that, that spends more time on the roof of her house than in her actual house. What are you doing? You're reading. Books, you know, not not Us Weekly or, or Seventeen or, you know, but you're reading substantial books. I should do this, uh... <laughs> you do this thing where it's like an OCD thing, but, but it's not. It's, um... Whenever you're leaving your room, you grab the doorknob and you turn, you're getting ready to leave, but you don't. You stop and you back up and you, you turn to the mirror and you stare at yourself. But it's not like a, you know, I'm so hot type of stare. You know, it's, it's more like, who am I really? And ask yourself that. I mean, that's <laughs> so cool. So you look out the window all the time like I do, only you're looking at the world, you know. Trying to figure it out, trying to understand the world, trying to figure out why it's not in order, like your books. I'm only looking at you. Either the creepiest or the sweetest thing I've ever heard. Uh, as you said, when the Asian kid is asleep or out of the room, like he, it's basically said, they tell him, "Hey, minority, you've you've done us a service by being in the film. Now leave, so the yeah. two white people can bone right now." You know, at the end of the movie, like he's filming them and they're not stopping. Sheila <laughs> Booth is like, "Fuck off!" Like we're gonna keep this going, and 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 he's just standing there watching. It's really it's it's creepier than the peeping tom. This is like peeping tom out in the open. Like, yep, this is what I do. I was like, oh my gosh. I think it would have been great if the Asian candidate had got with her. And, oh, yeah. And then he got shy. He's, he's peeping on his friend. He's still not in the experience. He's still having to look through something to, to really uh, 
to live those that 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 youthful rebellion. It's- that would have been a great like sexual exploration of Sheila Booth's character. Like he has to go to her house and peep at his own house at them while they're. <laughs> that would have been excellent and De Palma esque. I think no, this is what you're talking about as far as how we're rooting for Jimmy Stewart. We're rooting against Shia LaBeouf. <laughs> <laughs> And all of a sudden, David Morse is like creepy <laughs> villain characters. Like all of a sudden, yeah, I get. You know, that's another thing. Like the villain. Let's talk. Can we talk about the villains of yeah, yeah. Thorwald and and um and David Morse? <laughs> I don't remember David. <laughs> Mister Turner. Mister Turner, cl- an iconic film character. How dare you? <laughs> I love David Morse. I think he's great. He was great on like that short episode arc of uh, of of, uh, of House and and The Rock. And, oh, he's great in The Rock, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm trying to think. Well, no, he's great. I love him. I think he's a great actor. Is he in the, uh, the Sean Penn-directed film with Jack Nicholson in oh, the mid-90s? Mm. That was pretty good. Yeah, about the... Uh, you know, I, I thought Sean Penn just... Didn't he just direct a film? Like, as his directorial debut? Uh, no, he, he did that, and he did The Pledge, which I think oh. came out in 2000, 2001, also with Jack Nicholson, which was okay. very good. Check those out. David Morse, he actually gets a lot of play in that. He's like, it's like him and Jack Nicholson, like the two leads. So cool. I, oh man, David Morse, number one and two right there. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think he was the father in contact. Uh, yes, you were right. Uh, right. And that on. film, uh, that I was referencing was called The Crossing Guard, came out in 95. Okay. Uh, yeah, right on the IMDb poster Jack Nicholson, David Morse, Robin Wright. With Angelica Houston, so there you oh, go. Wow, well, there's you know some some twenty five percent. So there's some you know uh, uh, ethnicity and diversity in that cast. I like it. I think uh, that the villains of this of the two pieces are, are quite different. Did you were you at ever um, throughout Rear Window sympathizing with the villain, like wondering why he was doing what he was doing versus why David Morris was doing what he was doing? Mr. Turner, excuse me. I think it gives us the impression, at least me, that uh, Thorwald, this was, uh, I'm hoping, a first-time thing and maybe the only time he was yeah. That's yeah. That's it. It was a uh, crime of passion or he was trying to get out of that particular situation, that marriage, mm-hmm. and maybe make a buck, start a new love life. And you know, if it wasn't for those damn kids across the <laughs> across the, <laughs> the garden, you know, he would have got away with it. Uh, they do not, I mean, they don't even attempt to do that in Disturbia no. because they go to uh, just the internet and they're like, hey, look at these crime scene photos. This is yeah. how this guy, this Texas slayer, uh, killed all these people and he drives the car of the neighbor. Can you believe that? Right next door. You know what? I guess I was, that's how much attention I was paying. Was that, was that meant to be Mr. Turner, like the, the guy? Like yeah. that was him? Mm-hmm. In his MO at the end of the film where he like stores the bodies like in the uh, walls or whatever yeah. and. Oh my gosh! As as somebody who processes crime scene for a living and deals with software that I have to uh, use to enhance video and, and 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 photographic evidence, whatever software and whatever camera that Sheila Booth is using in that, like I wish I had it because I didn't realize you could zoom in infinitely and have crystal clear resolution. Can we that talk was about amazing. that? Just for a second, that sure. I'm watching these and the 1954 film feels timeless yeah. and it actually feels more like today than the 2007 film because the whole time i was thinking i was like wow my iphone looks better than that like <laughs> digital cameras what kids have a bunch of cameras laying around anymore they just use their their phone their, their yeah. Android or their iphone and 
it was like that was 2007 that was like right on the cusp i think that was the year the iphone came out and it's like mm. boy th- this is not aged well as far as what kids would have access to or yeah. it would be in the cloud instantly they would put yeah. it on youtube all, all of that the only thing in and the, and you're right technology is like probably the only time rear window you have that uh, um moment of like okay this is pretty dated is, is when um uh, LB Jeffries is using the camera at the end to uh, uh, slow down Thorwald with the brilliant, like, red. Oh, it's so uh, badass, screen. though. It is. I love it. But even I can recognize, all right, well, he seems to be, uh, well, Thorwald at least, he seems to be really affected by everything. It's equally effective, uh, each flash. Maybe he's like Bono. Maybe he needed some of those shades. <laughs> like, light really fucks with him. <laughs> Like David Spade. David Spade had an injury where, where he needs to wear glasses now. He's also very sensitive to light. David Spade. I pull out Bono and you pull out David Spade. My God. Where's the love for Dennis Finch? Okay. Am I the only one who enjoyed Just Shoot Me for all of its six seasons? I'm sure you could ask some people in the UK and they that's their criterion <laughs> collection. You know, they released the first three seasons here and they stopped because nobody cared. Good and business was- decision. <laughs> I'm like eagerly waiting for the series <laughs> to be released. <laughs> Whereas those Brits, you know, with their imperialistic ways, <laughs> hogging all the David Spade and Ryan Reynolds funny. <laughs> I want to bring up something that's not related to uh, failed sitcoms, even though that's yeah. going to be like the subtitle of this episode. <laughs> Rear Window didn't provide enough material, so we had to go off script. <laughs> Talk about just shoot me. Um I actually, when I put together this episode, I was going to use the actual, I guess, Rear Window remake with uh, Christopher Reeves. I think it was a TV movie, like in 98. Oh, yeah, yeah, I yeah. yeah. I could not that. find it anywhere. Could not find it, even like wow. a torrent of it. Could not. I've never seen it. Um, and after having seen Disturbia, I really wish that there was at least one torrenter out there that was still providing their <laughs> their VHS rip or whatever. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Was this movie... TV movie after Christopher Reeve was a parallel? Yes, yes. Yeah. Oh, okay. That's interesting. I wonder. There's a lot. There's some stuff to talk about there because you know yeah. there's a uh, obviously with race. There's a lot of talk about representation or gender, mm-hmm. uh, but not a lot of talk about uh, people with any sort of disabilities or anything like getting actual parts. And yeah. is that exploitative for him in particular well, or not? It's a great way. I mean, I hate to say, it, coming from like a purely production standpoint and like maybe even script writing standpoint it's a great way to immediately have a very charismatic individual who you immediately empathize with because christopher reed like the first two superman films everyone loved him well, he's he still was, superman was, to people he's still superman exactly exactly and so it was it would have been he's a perfect casting choice for a remake uh, of rear window because um, not that you know you can kind of get away with like there is no way you're gonna hate Christopher Reeves, especially in that role. The same with Jimmy Stewart, you come in with uh, uh, quite a bit of charisma and and likability, which Sheila Booth. I mean, even in two thousand seven, I don't know, like he's doing the same. Um, I guess awkward. Like what's what's the word to describe like that? He's trying to do like a poor man's Michael Sarah. I don't know what he's he, like his, his uh, gimmick is as an actor. It strikes me as someone that, uh, and I had actually, I had a buddy that uh, was named after uh, Dustin Hoffman. His mom uh, had a big crush on Dustin Hoffman, you know, during his, the seventies, I guess. Uh-huh. And oh, he's I, a good looking I, man. see, I had said something, I guess that was very off putting to him. That was like, uh-huh. 
You know, I, I wish we could go back to a time when Dustin Hoffman was made a movie star because that's just kind of fucked up. Someone so short <laughs> and sprite and just really not that attractive. And he's like, what are you talking oh, about, no. dude? I was named after Dustin Hoffman. <laughs> I always sort of thought I had like a Dustin Hoffman thing. That's what was shy. That He strikes me as he's doing that type of charisma. Like mm-hmm. he's he's not the uh, typical, you know, physical male specimen to be a leading man he's like True. and i think that's why people were kind of into him at the time is he seemed like someone that normally would be like the sidekick the comedic relief <laughs> and he was the guy that gets the girl he's like you know this kind of skinny guy that's uh kind of a fast talker um i the did rebel watch wilson a... the male rebel wilson wow <laughs> <laughs> well she's always relegated to the side remember <laughs> That was a strange. I was about to say, you know, on the uh, on the special features, he was saying he was trying to do like a Cusack thing, like from the eighties teen oh, comics. Okay. You went with Rebel Wilson, which put a completely different. <laughs> you know, she's she's getting a, like I just heard today that she's getting like an actual starring role in a romantic comedy. I think it's finally happening. You know, for- the last time I think you were on War Machine versus War Horse, we were doing How to Be Single, mm-hmm. which was a strangely really popular episode on that podcast. Like, right more, on. like double the amount of listeners for that than for Deadpool on our show, which I was kind of <laughs> proud of. <laughs> I'm we, proud got, of that too, we got yeah. a lot of compliments for uh, us taking up for Rebel Wilson and uh, sort of how Hollywood has placed her. So we're just continuing that tradition. We're going to start Absolutely. a Rebel Wilson podcast. I think that's oh, what we're going to do. See, there you go. Every episode is like, is she great? She's great, isn't she? Yeah. And then, but you know. Back to John Cusack. Yeah. I think something Cusack had that shot is not is that there was a certain – darkness with all of his parts he played even when he was playing lloyd dobler he was still like a fucking kickboxer so it's like he's a sweet guy that kind of gets you know uh walked all over and he's got that like you know young crush puppy love Mm -hmm. but he's able to take care of business if push comes to shove and shia eh, he doesn't i don't know he doesn't really have any of that no i don't think so either what did you think about this um the fact that he was how he was uh like isolated, or like he was forced to be in the house. You know, they would be. Um, gosh, I don't. I don't even. Know really what to say. Nice Lock, lockdown, right? Like uh, house arrest. Yes. Excuse me. Cut all that out. How? What do you? <laughs> lockdown. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was like trying to find the right word. What do you think about how he was put under house arrest, and, and the fact that he is under house arrest? Is there a different way? Like, did they want to stray away from the fact that him being injured? Uh, yeah, um, like, too similar to Rear Window. I, I think, unfortunately, though, they don't really commit to that either. Because um, one of the more striking scenes still in Rear Window is when, after pretty much the whole movie, uh, berating uh, Grace Kelly, much like I berate you about your love of Deadpool. Uh, <laughs> you know, she proves. <laughs> I herself. think it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> You've got to prove yourself, like Grace Kelly did for Jimmy Stewart. Yeah, she. You know, does her Spider-Man thing, and you know, jumps from like the uh, the, the outside the the fire escape ledge to the open window, mm-hmm. uh, and basically is counting on him to call when Thorwald comes back. She's gonna look for this this wedding ring. Yeah, um, I love how they Hitchcock holds on Stuart's face when he realizes that they've messed up. Through a logical thing that's been built there, they're trying to save a woman's life that yeah. they think is about to take uh, pills and commit suicide. So they're obviously distracted. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Thorwald, you know, comes back and they're not able to place that phone call. And so all he can really do is place a call when Thorwald's in there, like manhandling, like yeah. his love and his face, like is truly like horrifying. It's more horrifying than what they could have shown 
uh, violent wise at that time. And, and yes. you know, to be fair, it's more effective too to see the pain on his face than mm-hmm. to see what's happening to Grace Kelly. That that's a lot better than you know they put Shy under house arrest. But when his you know Asian friend is in trouble, he he breaks that quickly. So it's not. Yeah. I mean, it's like. Yeah, it's there. And it makes sense. I mean, if you think your friend's being killed, you're not going to be like, well, I can't because I'll get in mm-hmm. trouble. But it's not a real way to, as you said, lock down the character. Not only that, but him leaving, like, it, it solves the problem of having to call the police because the police are going to show up anyways. <laughs> like, so it, it's kind of like, this what? On my cheating. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it, and you made a great point uh, about the fact that you're showing that the reaction, Jimmy's reaction rather than the actual act itself is more horrifying. Uh, same thing with when they're always talking about how would you cut up a body anyway? Wouldn't it be an awful – all that talk is much more frightening than just a scene where Thorwald's you know, hacking away <laughs> at those arms. It's what like, you oh. have in uh, uh, in Disturbia. At least through the window you see a, like a blood splatter. Yeah. And it's just yep. – I don't I – don't, I, I always like the the stuff from your window because, and I believe in that sequence in Disturbia, they're making out when that's happening, and so mm-hmm. that's why they don't just immediately call the cops. Yeah. And I went back and actually was watching the sequence a few times in Rear Window when he's initially becoming curious about his neighbor across the the garden. There, uh, he falls asleep during some pretty like he gets enough information, but I think he's yeah. asleep when. Thorwald walks out with the fake wife. Yes. And so Jimmy doesn't have the information, but Hitchcock puts it there just so the audience will be like, uh, maybe we should be afraid of the crazy neighbor who's calling the cops and somebody who's totally innocent. Whereas in <laughs> Disturbia, they're like, no, Shy is right. It's just not comfortable ever really doubting our main character like no, Rear Window I is. Agree. I agree. Uh, and, and Rear Window makes it a point to drop all those clues with the detective coming by and, and giving them all this. No, you're wrong. You're crazy. You know, it's frustrating. One thing that you mentioned that I I, I don't want to forget it is is while uh, um, Grace Kelly is sort of conforming to what Jeffries wants in, in like a woman being more adventurous, I think it comes very organically. And that final shot where she's reading about the Himalayas and she puts it down and goes back to reading her like fashion magazine, I love that because she's still herself. Like, she's not somebody who's going to roll over and become whatever this man wants. I like that moment of, I don't know if it was, it's, it's weird to see a scene of, like, pro-feminism and, and like, pro-woman in a, in a Hitchcock film just because of some of the, you know, sordid history that he has with his female actresses. And then Disturbia, we have uh, Shia gets pissed because she's, you know, she's new to town and she's trying to make other friends. Other than weird <laughs> yeah. creep who's on, uh, you know web lockdown on house arrest <laughs> <laughs> and so she throws a party and it's not even like she's doing it i don't think to be cruel to him it's like but this no. is a situation you put yourself in you can't even come you know cross that line to my backyard and come yeah. over uh and so he ruins it he does the anti john cusack and say anything and holds the boom box up to to you know, <laughs> make her social life hell it's not out of love it's out of jealousy yeah and then he wins her over with this speech about how he's watched every single detail of her actions in her bedroom. Yeah. And she says, and I, I felt like this was kind of a cheat from the screenwriting that she's like, that's either the creepiest thing you ever heard yeah. or the sweetest. And yeah. I'm like, eh. <laughs> I don't know, man. <laughs> like e- even in my most desperate moments, if like, a, you know, a, a reasonably attractive uh, lady were to knock on my door and, and regale me with all of my past activities of the you know the the week in 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 grueling detail. I'd even in my most like desperate moment, I'd still be like, "This is 
this is not cool. <laughs> it's like, I know I cook eggs that way. Why do you know that? So it, 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 you're right. Like you well, have especially to be... you, because you didn't uh, think she was attractive. You're like, what the hell with this? <laughs> okay, if Grace Kelly, <laughs> no, if Grace Kelly was like at the door, I'd be like, you wouldn't oh. even know what she was saying. <laughs> eggs? What? <laughs> Would you like to sit down? Would you like to marry me? Mm-hmm. Pretty here's much. A, here's Vanity Fair for you to read. <laughs> <laughs> I read bizarre, not Vanity Fair. <laughs> Uh, you're, yeah, yeah. It, it just—it was a moment of uh, unbelievability, and like, yeah, I don't want to. Uh, I, I guess it's maybe it's because the pedigree of of where Rear Window is coming from and where where Disturbia is, where it's like I I expect more from DJ Caruso. What was his name? Yeah, you know, it's, it's it, I, I I don't. That's the thing. I don't expect more from him. You know, the weirdest thing on the uh, special features, which I'm sure. In 2016, I'm the only one watching special features. No, so am I. Get out of here. <laughs> was uh, Crusoe saying that the way this project came to him is that Steven Spielberg called him up and was like, DJ, I got the perfect project for you. And I'm like, why the fuck would Spielberg even think that D- this is DJ Crusoe material right here? This script. Because <laughs> Spielberg wants to produce as many crap directors <laughs> as possible, thereby cementing him as the definitive mm, filmmaker. This isn't good enough for me, but I like those checks still cash. So <laughs> I'll be an executive producer on this. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's right. DreamWorks uh, yeah, pr- uh, produced yeah. this. That's right. Meanwhile, he's like, yes, uh, Kubrick didn't finish this. I'll take over from here. This is not a DJ project this is a, <laughs> it's a spielberg project if i ever thought you know given respectively how they both turned out i think i would rather see a dj caruso joint on ai and i'd rather see spielberg <laughs> do disturbia because he can do great thrillers like you know he doesn't always have to do those big projects uh, yeah, you know what? I agree. Uh, uh, you know, AI was not nearly uh, as bad as i think some people think it is like i enjoyed it did you ai yeah i, I, I enjoyed gigolo joe quite a bit like, I wanted a whole adventure with him and not that little punk kid. Like, Jigolo <laughs> Joe, that's who I felt for. I was like, man, yeah. what was his life like? I want, I, I want a taxi driver where Jigolo Joe is saved <laughs> from his lifestyle <laughs> by Charlize Theron, by Fur- Furiosa. Why? <laughs> She's got the mohawk. And... <laughs> Why are we making that movie right now? We only have to get the rights from Steven Spielberg and George Miller. He's going to call up Mike Webb. This project sounds perfect for you. <laughs> I'm a big fan of low-level podcasters. And and, and and Mike, of course, you are not a low-level podcast. Oh, wait, wait. This idea came from original remake? No, no, fuck it then. I thought it was a War Machine versus War Horse thing. <laughs> he wasn't good enough to be on War Machine. Oh, I'm not handing him a multi-million dollar project. Get DJ back on the phone. <laughs> Once again, the DJs of the world steal with thunder. <laughs> Disturbia, like I want to say that it's a um, it's a bad film, but I don't know. Like I, I feel like uh, the audience that it's marketed towards, like it's clearly not me. It's clearly not for people who have seen Rear Window. Um, I don't. I wonder if the audience that it was going for in two thousand seven, that same audience right now, how they're going to react to it. Like, is it a classic to some people? I think it was a modest success at the time, but I don't, you know, I don't think it gets talked about a reference. I don't, I don't think the main thing is it doesn't have those like killer moments. Even for yeah. these type of genre pieces, you need like that one or two like killer scene. Mm-hmm. And uh, it actually, for me at least, gets 
less interesting the more we learn about the killer. Like yeah. it reminded me, it was less of a remake of Rear Window, and it was more like Fright Night in the way the villain acts. Oh yeah, because the yeah. villain in those films are very open. Like I'm gonna fuck your mom, then my killer. <laughs> <laughs> This one, I'm a fucking girlfriend, and then I'm yeah. gonna kill your mom. And so, you know, I knew I was gonna be watching Rear Window after uh, Disturbia uh, because I, did the same thing, I yeah. wanted to treat myself. <laughs> but you it really the vegetables first, <laughs> right? But it actually really made me want to watch Fright Night. And then I was like, you know, I could do another podcast about that because they made a crappy remake of Fright Night. And so, I see the remake, but I, I'm not in love with the original for Fright Night. I, for me, it was. Uh, I, I don't know if I can objectively view it because um, my mom mm-hmm. um, had me fairly young, and she was still like going to movies, and she would end up taking me to movies, and that was the first. Uh, "Quote unquote scary movie." She had me watch, mm-hmm. and she told me that was her favorite. And so I was like, I was like in on something. Like my mom was like treating me like an adult. Yeah. And so Fright Night is like that's cherished territory for me. Which actually I feel better about because there are a lot of people I think that were older than me mm-hmm. that hold up that mid '80s version yeah. fairly highly. Um, one of my greatest regrets in life was that they did a, a couple of years ago at the art house. They did a midnight showing. And oh. I didn't know about it until mm-hmm. after the fact, but I wanted to take my mom to go see. Oh. It. I didn't get a chance to so. That would have been very I'm sweet. I'm a terrible son. <laughs> well, <laughs> I I hold the original Nightmare on Elm Street in in that similar regard because when uh, when I was uh, still growing inside my mother, she went to go see that movie and it frightened her so much that she's convinced that I am the way I am because she was so frightened that night after watching uh, Wes Craven's uh, masterpiece. So I I have a similar story with ET. I was in uh, my mom's belly, and when uh-huh. ET screamed for the first time, I kicked and oh. I broke a rib. <laughs> <So> <laughs> I was terrified. You're like shut this off. <laughs> I, I, um, some of the some of Spielberg's filmography, um, not including Disturbia, it just doesn't. <laughs> it's a DJ joint. <laughs> it. It really doesn't resonate with me the way it does a lot of people. Uh, um, E.T., uh, uh, what's a Close Encounters, a lot of these films that are held in such high – even Jurassic Park. I like the first half of Jurassic Park, and then once it becomes an adventure film, I'm like, you know, I like my favorite scene in Jurassic Park is when they're talking about whether or not to uh, go through with this and open it, and then, and of course, Goldblum gives that brilliant uh, uh, speech about chaos theory. Oh, and no. I was thinking of him after he's injured and he's laying there with his shirt oh, unbuttoned, that, stretched out. Great. That's brilliant, yeah. of course. No, I would but, say Jurassic Park, actually, that one and Jaws are the two for me. That, like, E.T., not so much, but yeah, Jaws and Jurassic Park are like the two that I can just watch repeatedly. Like, I, I adore those films. Uh, I, I Jaws, for sure. I, I completely agree with you. Um, I'm trying to think of another Spielberg film that hits home for me, and I just... I, I, uh, I was going to say Back to the Future, but that was Zemeckis. Um, What's I'm your not, favorite? What's your fair, just, just favorite? favorite? Yeah. I think Jaws. I think I have to see Although I haven't seen like Minority Report and some of the other ones that he that are held in, in yeah. high regard. So like I still I still need to see all of Schindler's List. Oh, I've oh. seen parts. <laughs> so there, I, I know you that I'm a bitch. In that text thread we're in, Schindler's List was like in the buy two, get one free Blu-ray for like I 10 bucks each. And you've not seen it. <laughs> I know. But that's the thing. That was one of the ones that intrigued me. And the others just did. Like, I love Steve Jobs. I think that was a great movie. But I don't know if it's worthy of me 
Not worthy of me. I'm sorry, that sounds terrible. I, well, I actually thought the direction was fairly poor, and those are the commentary tracks I like to listen to. So he's got one on Steve Jobs, Danny Boyle, and so I'd like to hear what was your thought process behind this? For that, um, I mean, you're right, the commentary. God, if there's a commentary, that usually will attract me. I mean, that was a pure Aaron Sorkin flick. Like, that was, you saw uh, his dialogue kind of um told the director how to film it the best scene in that film oh my gosh it's so dramatic oh god i might have to buy this it was uh, <laughs> with schindler's list please with, thank you and then i'll get something for free <laughs> um was where they're like cross-cutting between his relationship with him and um uh, uh jeff daniels like then they're going through those two or three uh, um conversations back and forth and they have the same uh, um, like rhythm and tempo, and they're it's two completely different scenes that are completely heightened in one section of the film. Oh. oh, it's good. Yeah, you know, for all of the shit I talked earlier about, uh, you know, Apple having their hands in the uh, the artist pocket, uh, <laughs> which is artists in this case are these you know big corporations that are stolen from the artists. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but I actually was one of the few people when I was doing the the rounds of reviews for that in, in podcast form that. Was still kind of strangely touched when you have uh, Steve Jobs tell his daughter, "I'm going to put, you know, I'm going to put a thousand songs in your pocket or something." Yeah, like, make it, I'm sure that never happened, but that's a great line for like the fictional yeah. version of that to make. It's a very Spielberg line to make it about family to bring it back to that. Yes, uh, I can't let this go because I bring up every opportunity I get, and I've never covered it on a podcast. But Munich is mm-hmm. strangely my favorite Spielberg film. Oh. I love Munich. Love it. I, I another one that like kind of was like yeah, and I moved on. Oh. <gasps> Saving Private Ryan. I don't think it's I, – I'm not in love with that film at all. Actually, war films frighten me because that <laughs> – Are you more of a Thin Red Line type guy? I'm more of a Malaga in every regard. In, in but, that year, I am. I would, uh, I would agree with that over Private Ryan. But the thing is, war films, like that stuff happened, man. That stuff gets to me a lot. Like Lieutenant Dan, you know how funny and enjoyable Forrest Gump was? That movie was really hard for me to watch. I'm glad you didn't say, you know how funny that Lieutenant Dan <laughs> character was. <laughs> I thought you were about to go there, and I'm like, Jesus. Yeah, well, like, you know, the, the scene where he's like, you've got magic legs. And I'm like, and you know, while it's charming and whatever – it's like it still gets to me that that guy, the character, lost his legs in that war, and because uh, that, that stuff happened, you know, Nightmare on Elm Street and and and, and Fright Night, it's all made up, and and um, so is the Serbia or whatever. But like that level, the, the the violence, like I am somebody who like I I I, I do abhor violence, um, at least real violence. I can want like that's why I love professional wrestling is because it's the illusion of violence. Uh, it's there to tell a story. When violence is used to tell a story in, in a fictional, it, it's I, I I don't mind. Like I don't like UFC. That's that's people beating each other up for the sake of beating each other up. Like there's no other point to it. Whereas wrestling is soap opera. No, I'm not gonna get on my high horse about UFC, but. <laughs> With war films, like they're telling, you know, for the most part, real stories. Like it's not that much of a stretch to believe. Like All Quiet on the Western Front, that's one of the most haunting films I've ever seen. Um, and and Saving Private Ryan. I mean, I know I'm just, just everybody loves it. That opening scene, um, the first twenty thirty minutes of Saving Private Ryan are incredible. Like as much like I, I'm one of those uh, hipsters who's like, yeah, Steven Spielberg, not that great. 
Yeah, but you watch that and you're like, that's a fucking master craftsman at the top of his game. And it's brilliant, but it's so difficult for me to watch because I know like that's what that 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 stuff happened. It, it's it's harder for me to digest a war film than it is uh, for any other genre. I'm gonna steer us back. Oh, I'm, I'm gonna stay yeah, on point. I'm gonna yeah. stay on point though. Yeah. Um, I think it bothered me a little bit that Disturbia wanted to revel in what the killer was capable of as far as what he was doing to the, those women and rear window does not but it doesn't like disturbia is pg-13 like it's not like that's right. it, yeah. that's considered tame like him <laughs> dismembering and splattering blood and all that stuff uh still is not going to have that type of punch and so i think that's my problem is not going full de palma there where you're going to sort of you know, bask in the mucky muck of it all of these acts. Like then I want it to be somewhat playful. I want it to be like the John Michael Hayes script from rear window where it's kind of a lark. Like, and you have side characters, as you said, talking about, Oh, I wonder what they do with the body. Like, you know, they're, yeah. it's like a parlor game for them. Disturbia right. really doesn't, it's like, they don't want to make it much of a game. Cause there's not, I, I was trying to really keep up with the pacing of it and how much they spent on particular segments. Um, and I don't feel like with the best friend when they're like setting up, like we're going to do like a stakeout. That's like, like a, I don't know, two minute mm-hmm. montage. And then it's over. Like it's just next to the bit, like the, uh, we're going on to the next like chase sequence. Right. Um, revel and like they, and here's the thing. And that's the way America works is like violence is okay, but any level of sexuality or, or nudity is not okay. And I think that's, that's a, that's an issue here. Whereas like the Europeans with their just shoot me and their, Two guys, a girl. You know, they they're able to enjoy, uh, uh, and I think that's why they have um, a healthier uh, uh, opinions towards some of the like, like British cops. You know, they don't have guns, like they're you know. So, and that's one of the. It's a constant reminder. Anytime I'm thinking about, it, like, that's why we're so desensitized to reveling in that violence. Like movies like Saw, the Saw franchise, like you know, gets more and more grotesque every series and every film and it was a halloween treat that was how it was yeah hey, it's halloween time for more time saw. For saw. Yeah. that was literally the tagline for one of the later ones although i will say saw six was an impressive indictment of the uh the healthcare <laughs> system in this country i think i think jigsaw uh <laughs> it it was so watchable like i i, I went to, i was there thursday night, midnight with my buddy uh we were like this is awesome right? and, yeah. because all the even numbered ones are okay and all the odd number ones are not huh. See, I've only seen the first one, and I only saw it on the, I guess, the was it the 10-year anniversary re-release they oh, did? yeah. And that's only because I had a movie pass at that point. And I'm like, well, <laughs> there's nothing else out this week, so let's see what this sauce is. And that was weird. Like, I talked about Disturbia. It was weird to try to put myself back at sort of the start of, like, yeah. the torture, porn, gore stuff. Uh, because even at that point, that felt, I was like, well, this isn't mm-hmm. hostile, too. This isn't, like, women masturbating while they're bathing in teenage blood. Like... <sighs> It felt a little bit tame. So wait, does that happen in Hustle? Yeah, yeah. There was a big brouhaha about that when it. Uh, oh, came I like out. I I loved Hostel One. I thought that was really good. Really, like, and I watched it much after. Like, I was a real like wuss about Hostel because I was like, ah, I can't do it. Um, but then I did, and I, I really enjoyed it. Um, Hostel Two. I remember watching it once and was like, this sucks because it was literally the same movie except with women, and you know, violence against women is always all uncomfortable to watch, anyways. Um, well, that's the thing. They're not. They're yeah. clearly not sexualizing the, the violence against men in the first one. But you put it, no. cute girls in the air. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, they're kind of <gasps> naked while they're being dismembered. 
another reason that I didn't like Hostel too is um oh what's what's her name um uh one of the actor actresses in uh Hostel too. It's not the one from Welcome to the Dollhouse, is it? Mm, oh, Heather Montserrat. That's her. Montserrat. Yeah. You're gonna pick okay. on her now? No, 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 no. no I think <laughs> she's adorable, and and even more so because I took an online quiz once, and uh, we were matched up. Like she'd be your perfect like celebrity. Oh, that's so cute. You know? And I was like, yay! And then in the movie, she gets hung upside down and right. like sliced. Yes. I was yeah. like, no. Yep. That's the uh, masturbation sequence I was referring to. You okay, should have been that, throwing a chair at the screen, I, defending I think, her honor. I'm I I don't want to say I looked away. I'm certain of because that's how like frustrating that scene was. So why I was like yeah, I can't do this. Um, Disturbia, and and as the film goes along, you see more and more of that violence, and 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 I'm you see I think it's all always against women too. I think in this film, aside from uh, Shia, who you could <laughs> say is a woman too. Man, I'm just <laughs> <laughs> That's the problem with podcasting and maybe us as podcasters is we can do so good for about a 30 second stretch of being decent, kind individuals. <laughs> I, you know, I was going into it and I was like, should I back off a little bit? I kind of backed off at the end. I just tried to be like, oh, maybe I didn't make that joke. I once better. witnessed a uh, a fight between two two guys I grew up with where uh-huh. um, it was, you know, it was, it was over a basketball game. We got a little physical and, you know, they were believe that they were cousins and so yeah. they're used to sort of jawing at each other a little bit more and uh one of them like swung wildly you know <laughs> after a hard foul or something that annoyed them and the the bigger one like just out of reaction like hey, i'm being swung at on this okay. on this basketball court takes his fist and starts to bring it down which uh, people can i don't know podcasters can't see but they can tell by the volume that i moved back for my big swing here uh-huh. uh, and then it's like he starts to swing and he realizes Man, I'm bigger than him. He's family. And so he <laughs> made it an open hand slap as opposed to fist, <laughs> which still connected because he was already in mid process. And it actually made it more demeaning than if he just knocked the <laughs> shit out of him because he was like, you can't handle this. <laughs> and that's kind of what you just did with Shia there. You're like, uh, all right, I'll just kind of lightly tap you. But my brother and I were discussing Spider Man 3, and I was like, it's not that bad. It got so heated, I punched a wall. <laughs> 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 Where's that guy? When poor, I know. I poor know. Welcome to the Dollhouse is getting slaughtered on screen. I want you to punch a theater wall. <laughs> um, yeah, but yeah, you're, it, it, it does um, show off. I guess they're trying to heighten the fact that, look, this this villain, he's legit. Like, this is an actual threat. Where, again, uh, Thorwald was, um, was just a guy who did something and had to deal with the consequences of it. Like, uh, and, and that to me, not makes him more sympathetic, but it just puts me into that world. Like it absolutely makes me believe like, this is something that totally happens. Crime of passions occur. Whereas, uh, Mr. Turner's just, he's just a serial killer. Like that's, well, all it, is. it makes, you know, it doesn't make a ton of fucking sense that in Disturbia, Mr. Turner is going to act just like Thorwald because that's, you know, given the time that's- that rear window comes out, you know, they even cut, you know, they make sure that as Jimmy Stewart has broken his other leg and been like thrown from his, you know, his apartment window, the cop leans down is like, he's giving up the goods. He's telling us where the body is. Like, you know, yeah, like that true. damn dog too. Like he's giving him like, I'm like, man, he's not been up there that long. Like he is like speed talking through his confession, like telling them everything. Uh, it made sense for that guy to just not be able to handle the pressure of committing murder that he, 
you know, he's just got to get rid of it. He's just got to get out as quickly as possible. Uh, disturbing that this is a serial killer who's been pretty good up to this point, other than keeping his classic vehicle and taking it from state to state. Uh, yeah. Why would he, as soon as the cops had just come and heard this crazy story from this kid about his, you know, psychotic neighbor, why is he going to then try to kill the mom and try to frame the kid? Like the cops are going to come back and be like, well, that's kind of fucked up. Like that we have yet another occurrence here. Yeah. Um, I, I felt like it moved way too, way too fast. And so, you know, decide, whether or not this guy is just actually going to try to kill them. Don't let's not try to do frame Shia. I thought that was ridiculous seeming and just wouldn't, I don't know. It just didn't fit. It wasn't interesting. It basically was just there because David Morse clearly could kick his ass and it gave him enough time to get away from David Morse to do that epic pull jump, which looked like it was eight feet off the ground. (laughs) Oh, actually one more instance of violence that I completely forgot about. He breaks a cop's neck. Yeah, yeah, pretty. I, that was, I, I mean, that was a bit much. And I know that we live in a different time right now. I mean, it wasn't, and that was less than ten years ago. Like, was it, it's about ten years? Yeah. Um, I, I know we're in a very uh, um, uh, fragile um, um, state right now in terms of uh, police officers and, and violence. But uh, man, I thought that was that was a little harsh to watch on screen. And again, a, something that's PG thirteen. It's a dirty cop, right? Wasn't he someone who's was picking on poor Shia because you know. <laughs> His cousin, the teacher, got punched once. Yeah, right. <laughs> put but, his career in jeopardy to mess with this punk kid. True. I, I guess I could see that. But I think given the chance, like if he had a gun and it was David Morris and Child Buff, I, I'm pretty sure he would be like, okay, well, this guy's killing people. He punched my cousin. I, I'd like to think even the most corrupt of, uh, of police officers would, would – uh, it's the greater good. You don't think it's like the old joke where he has two bullets and he chooses to shoot shy twice <laughs> <laughs> just to make sure. <laughs> Another point for rear window because the cops are so fast like yeah, to, to come help the, the public. They, they get there and save Grace Kelly mm-hmm. quickly. Uh, Granted, that detective was, you know, uh, making, making uh, Jimmy go through quite, quite a few hoops, but yeah, that's that's Not fine. True. I mean, you know, they they were sleeping over together. Those are disgusting oh, people. That's true. That's true. <laughs> Scandalous. Good gosh. You know what? I, I immediately turned to the back of the DVD cover for Disturbia. Don't worry, I didn't buy it. Went to the library. I went to see if it was in fact PG thirteen, and it was. And it said it was PG thirteen for like violence, scenes of terror. I'm like, mm, okay. And then sensuality. I was like, there was nothing really sensual. Not in this for you, thing. but for me, I was googling like a madman. <laughs> Fair, but as <laughs> double as- fist in that phone, like to make sure save image, save image. <laughs> Meanwhile, in rear window, like as soon as Grace Kelly enters this screen kissing Jimmy, I'm just like, oh, something's happening down there. (laughs) And and it ain't Jimmy because he's been on screen for a bit. And it definitely isn't that, you know, uh, nurse. Not not to take anything from the nurse. She seemed very competent. If you want Um, more of that material, please listen to the Vertigo episode of Pop Culture Case Study, where Webb was a huge fan, not of Kim Novak, but of poor Midge. 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 Oh. (laughs) Mitch. Such a sexy name for a sexy lady. <laughs> you know, it's probably short for like Marge or Margaret or something. Yeah. I don't know. We this is you know that we've. I think this is just about the hour mark of us trying to do the podcast. <laughs> sounds about right. We we tried to be. Good. That's all we do. We attempt. <laughs> you know, we attempt podcasts. 
I like to think of it though that if you're a listener, yeah, you know, we're keeping you on your toes. You know, that's that's we're we're gonna throw in. You know, we're, we went through Steven Spielberg, some of his work. What we make, what we lack in 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 quality, we make up for in quantity. That's for damn sure. Let me tell you, dear listener, I'm on. I may not know what I'm talking about, but I've seen a lot of fucking movies. So I'm going to pull out as many different titles as possible to cover for the fact that I can't talk about Rear Window. Not intelligently. <laughs> well, well, you know what? That's the thing, though. Everybody talks about Rear Window intelligently. But how many people can proudly admit that they got a chubby as soon as... <laughs> can't even finish Can't even thought. proudly admit it. <laughs> You had that one I thing know. going for you. I know. I, know. I was very proud of my my my, my <laughs> totally gross demeanor. But even I, at the end, I was like, "Yeah, this kind of this, this is no good." PG thirteen for sensuality. <laughs> Original remake. I, think um, I mean, unless you got something else, I think that's that's good. I think we no, absolutely. Uh, we we went through, talked about Disturbia and how you know it wasn't it wasn't a total waste of space. You know, I, I think that it's worth now, a buck. It was worth a dollar. That's that's what I'll give it. I think it's worth a, a walk to the uh, to the library. I mean, I, I burned a few calories on the way there. Like, I'll... see, I can't walk to my library. I would still have to drive, so I'm not going to burn that many calories by getting in my car. I would burn a lot of calories and a lot of time, too much time, if I decided to walk to my library. I would spend the better part of the day walking for Disturbia. <laughs> Halfway there, you're like, not worth it. <laughs> You know, what people forget is that as we go about our normal day, we're burning calories. People people who calorie count don't don't realize that, but uh, everything our body does takes energy. So so don't fret people who are who are calorie counters. And I once was and then I lost interest and then I was like, "Hey, Orson Welles did okay. I'll do okay." Uh, I'm so so be aware uh, um when 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 you go about your day and you're exercising and it's like, "Oh, I shouldn't have this extra you know, Diet Coke or whatever. Yeah, hey, it's okay. It's okay. Midge will still love you. Midge will. There's always room in Midge's heart for you. <laughs> room elsewhere, too. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, well, have you got any place you want to pimp out, promote, where people oh, talk gosh. to you more about Disturbia, the the <laughs> super fans? I, I wish I wish that I did. Right now, I'm I'm kind of uh, uh, brainstorming a lot of ideas, and, and hopefully later in the future, um, I will have something to. I, I you know what I I promise that there will be something to uh, to pimp out as soon as I can be uh, promoted back on War Machine. Oh, okay, I see. You got to do a couple more. You got to do a Rear Window Body Double episode with me, and you got to okay. do the Fright Fright Night Double feature before you get back to the majors. So. <laughs> sure thing. Well, once I'm more composed and and get all the silliness out and go back to <laughs> being the stern, you know, brain box that I am. That was uh, uh, Webb saying, uh, "Fuck no, I don't want to talk about Disturbia with you over Twitter." <laughs> <laughs> um, you can certainly find me uh, at it's terrific. I'm going to continue to even even the show has I've retired the the, the podcast. I still will continue to uh, use it's terrific as my um. As my main source of, of peeping in on people, LaBeouf style. Uh, I, I don't really uh, um, tweet nearly as much, but I will get back into the habit um, I, after my sabbatical. I'm, I'm so happy I got my feet wet in, in, in um, original remake uh, because 
it's been a while since I since I really got to record something that I know will be published. I've been playing around with a lot of things and then uh, um, doing stuff just kind of for myself, recording myself being a little silly, which will never see the light of day. But uh, it's it's quite all right. Um, I'm so excited to be back. Thank you for continuing to have some faith in my ability to to uh, produce some original content in a in a, in a discussion about Rear Window, something that's been done to death, much like Torwald's wife. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm Mike at War Machine Horse. <laughs> and I'm Webb, and it's terrific. You can find this show on followingfilms.com, iTunes, Stitcher, and at Original Remake. You know what? If you have any comments about this this episode in particular, please uh, go to Twitter and at original remake because my poor beleaguered co-host Peter who couldn't make it will try to answer these questions having no idea what he's responding to <laughs> so do that any any complaints about Disturbia or the content of this particular episode at original remake <laughs>